With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Good evening and welcome to The Reckoning. For those of you joining us for the first time, let me tell you a little bit about our station. TNT is an independent global news station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to tntradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. Lighting the fuse for freedom, today's news talk, TNT. Much was made today about Joe Biden going to East Palestine, Ohio. Why didn't you go a year ago, Joe? Oh, that's right. Because then you would have brought the White House press corps with you and they couldn't but help report on the derailed train cars, the chemical fires that even affected us up here in upstate New York, burned out buildings, people forced to evacuate their homes, streams with chemical runoff running into the Ohio River. Now I understand why you didn't go last year, but why did you go today, Joe, on the one-year anniversary of that event? Oh, that's right, because you put politics ahead of the people. How silly of me. I keep forgetting. With you and your claque, everything is narrative. Everything is politics. Nothing is about the people, much less the American people. It's only about illegals destroying America from within and asserting our dominance globally. There was an important story out of Russia today. Alexei Anatolyevich Nereyev died in prison. No one's happy about that. How did he die? We don't know. Could have been a heart attack. It could have been the result of the poisoning that doctors said he received a few years ago. He first collapsed on a flight from Moscow to Germany. But he's been in a Russia work camp, a gulag, as a political prisoner. He was the Putin administration's chief critic, and now he's dead. He was just in court yesterday laughing and joking with the judge. Did Vladimir Putin have him killed the way Joe Biden and the left want you to believe? We don't know. But isn't it curious that they immediately call out Putin for this death, and yet they were silent when Whitey Bulger was murdered in custody of the federal marshals and the Bureau of prisons while he was being transported from one prison to the other. They did everything they could to assert that Jeffrey Epstein hung himself, even though all the forensic evidence points to the fact that they didn't. It never seemed to exhibit any 
reportorial curiosity over the fact that all the cameras that could have caught the culprit seemed to be malfunctioning or had been turned off or were in for service or the dog ate their homework. The guard was napping. Of course, the guard had to take the fall. They don't care about a little guard. There's always got to be a patsy. See Lee Harvey Oswald. But online today, there was rampant speculation that it was Joe Biden and the CIA that kid that killed Navalny. Is that what happened? I don't know. Neither do the people that were, quote unquote, reporting it on social media. But the very fact that that notion occurs to us, the very fact that that is a possibility, that right there, friends, is exhibit number one for what ails America. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for the same country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to a recent study, four out of five Americans are being exposed to a little-known agricultural chemical found in several wheat and oat products, including brands like Cheerios and Quaker Oats, that has been linked to reduced fertility, altered fetal growth, and delayed puberty. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. This is kind of an interesting, slightly shocking report, especially the, the headline level, because they call out specifically Cheerios and Quaker Oats, uh, who's not a fan of those things. And those are supposed to be good for you, right? right. Well, let's figure out what's going on, because uh, I think I might know what's at the root of the problem, as it were. But regardless, this is a peer-reviewed stu study <laughs> that was published in the JESEE. -E. Uh, that's the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology. Not everyone subscribes to that journal, but regardless, they published this uh, just yesterday, February 15th. Uh, it looked at urine samples from American citizens to determine their exposure to, I'm going to massacre this, but chloramiquat chloride? I don't know. Anyways, it's a plant growth chemical uh, used in crops somewhere. Uh, exposure to this chemical can, as it's been shown uh, in labs, uh, studies and stuff, it can result in lower fertility, harm developing fetuses, even at doses below acceptable levels that were set by regulators. Researchers detected chloramiquat in 80% of urine samples collected between 2017 and 2023 with, quote, a significant increase in concentrations for samples from 2023, end quote. So basically, there was a huge uptick last year for some reason. The chemical was detected in, quote, 92% of oat-based foods purchased in May 2023, including Quaker Oats and Cheerios, end quote. That's what the Environmental Working Group, EWG, said, who were the ones that conducted this study. Out of 25 conventional oat products tested, 23 had quote-unquote detectable levels of this um, chemical. One in eight organic oat products had the chemical, while two in nine wheat products had low concentrations of it. Uh, researchers collected 96 urine samples, out of which 77 showed the presence of chloramiquat. 
The numbers suggest that the subjects likely underwent, quote unquote, continuous exposure to the chemical since it leaves the body apparently after uh, 24 hours um, after being ingested. The frequency of the chemical in samples uh, was observed to rise with time. So, for instance, in 2017, 69% of the samples tested positive, which jumped up to 74% in 2018 to 2022. And then again, this stark increase, it went all the way up to 90% in 2023. Uh, the study suggested that the higher chemical concentration in the 2023 samples, quote, may reflect the likely recent introduction of chloramaquat into the U.S. food supply due to EPA regulatory action changes involving chloramaquat, end quote. You don't say. Uh, such changes include, quote, establishing limits on chloramaquat in food in 2018 and raising those limits for oats in 2020. These actions permitted import and sale of agricultural products that had been treated with chloramaquat, for example, from Canada, end quote. At present, present, excuse me, the EPA only allows the use of chloramaquat in the United States for ornamental crops, not for food crops. The agency allowed the chemical to be present in imported oats in 2018, thusly raising the allowable limits in 2020. Following a 2019 application submitted by the manufacturer of, or a manufacturer of chloramaquat, uh, they're called Teminco, the Biden EPA proposed in April last year to allow the use of chloramaquat on oats, barley, wheat, and triticol grown in the United States for the first time. EWG, the watchdog, says it, quote, opposes the plan, uh, end quote. Uh, lastly, the study suggested that if domestic use of chloramaquat were approved, quote, chloramaquat levels would likely continue to increase in oats, wheat, and other grain foods, leading to higher levels of exposure for the U.S. general population, end quote. Uh, the research was funded by Skyline, Skyline Foundation. If you want to look into that and make sure there's no conflict of interests and uh, the authors declared that there were no competing interests in the study, Timothy. But what do you think about this? I mean, even when you think you're eating healthy, there's other things to consider. Like, I mean, they're always spraying our crops with something. Who knows what plant food they're putting in there, the fertilizers, a lot of things to consider here. What do you think? Well, you're exactly correct, Adam, and it is a problem. And let me put my science hat on here for a moment and explain to people what this is. Chloramaquat is a quaternary salt. It means it's a. It's got four uh, nitrogen and associated methane groups around it, and what it is is a plant growth regulator. What's a plant growth regulator? <laughs> That's a fancy name for pesticide or for herbicide, right? It's related to paraquat. People might be more familiar with paraquat. It's in the same chemical family. Paraquat was banned back in the 80s because of problems. And let me distinguish this study from the studies that we usually poo-poo. Like the study that got rid of cyclamates as artificial sweeteners in the 1970s. It's because they fed rats a ridiculous amount, and then the rats got cancer, and they said, oh, it causes cancer, got to ban it. Well, it wasn't shown to cause cancer in humans. Here's the problem. This has been detected in 80% of human samples. 80% of the people that they tested showed this chemical in their urine. If it's in their urine, you know it's in their body. 
And this chemical has been shown experimentally to be related to a number of these negative health outcomes. You're correct when you say they seem to be spraying our food with everything. We had the most arable soil on the planet. Down in South America, the Pampas were good. Ukraine was the breadbasket of Europe. Ukraine and Poland had great land. But no place on earth had the land that we had between the Rocky Mountains and the Mississippi River Valley. It's dead. It is sterile. It is a biological desert. But Timbo, that's where all our corn, wheat, and soybeans come from. Exactly. And the only reason we can grow them is because of the massive nitrogen inputs, fertilizer, chemical fertilizer derived from petroleum, that have to be put in. We no longer have soil. We have dirt with growth factors in it, both positive and negative. We put uh, Roundup Ready soybeans in the ground so that we can spray the field with soybeans to kill everything that's not soybean. Well, the Bible told us to let the tares grow up with the wheat and to separate it on the threshing floor, not to try to pull out all the tares while you're growing it. Well, you know, humanity decided they're smarter than God, of course. And so now we're trying to kill off everything that isn't the one crop that we want. And who cares if the same chemical that killed the other plants that were undesirable is all over and even taken up by the plants that are desirable and used for food. We ripen our wheat artificially with Roundup. People think they have Crohn's disease, which is great for big pharma. You can't turn on a, a TV or YouTube ad without seeing a Crohn's and colitis ad. They don't have Crohn's and colitis. They don't have celiac disease. We don't need to be gluten-free. The problem isn't the gluten. The problem is how the gluten was processed. People can, that think they have... Uh, celiac disease can go to Europe and have all the bread and pasta they want because they don't chemically alter their food there. Luckily, this can change. We used to have lead in our gasoline, lead in our paint. It worked great. Our engines ran beautifully. The paint adhered like no other. Unfortunately, it had tremendous negative public health consequences. Well, we got rid of the lead and now we've got to get rid of the pesticides and herbicides. Yeah, and not by with more chemicals, because that's usually their answer right. is just a different yeah. kind of chemical, you know, which is so sad. And no, I mean, what we need to flies... do, the, let me, I'm sorry, there's a great uh, documentary people need to go see. It's called Kiss the Ground. It's What we need is soil again. And what is soil? Soil is not just the, the chemicals, the silica and the, what we have now, which is dirt. Soil is a living biome. It's got uh, microfungi. It's got uh, beneficial bacteria. It's, it's, it's a living substance soil we need to get back to soil yeah and and the farmers understand all this they don't have to go yes. necessarily to college and become scientists but it's these these brainwashed scientists who are working for the chemical companies at the end of the day who create these things and then go run around and push it on the farmers as a solution to problems that you know are basically caused by uh, the way the system's set up currently timothy because mass farming is nothing like just having your own farm you no, know, industrial like farming is not. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and to be fair, the, the scientists aren't brainwashed. They're just working for massively greedy multinational corporations that don't give a damn about people, only profits. So there you have it. Thanks, Adam. Another great week of stories here on The Reckoning. 
Last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21 at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States where he will face criminal prosecution. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London to get citizen commentary. Also, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at Rio Cinemas on Sunday, 18th February at 1 p.m. The film will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with confirmed guests Tariq Ali and Kristen Hraffenson and, hopefully, Stella Assange. To find out more, just go to Google and search for The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Steve Malsberg. Now that they've gone to the Supreme Court, the trial cannot start based on the appeals court decision. They have to wait now for the Supreme Court, and the longer it goes on, the longer before the trial could start if they were to rule that he does have to face trial, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay, good. Well, that's uh, that's good. That's good. That's good for Trump. I mean, obviously. And, and so. it could take several months. I mean, understand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the first vehicle is actually, it was only three judges from the panel that actually heard this case on the appellate court. He, the Trump team can say, we want it heard before all the judges on this appellate court. So it would take time for that to happen. Then it has to go back to the Supreme Court. And by the time that all happens, you know, these things don't yeah. happen overnight unless it's no. emergency hearings, you but I don't see election. this one yeah. emergency. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk. TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Brianna Morello is a former Fox Corp, Newsmax, local news, and Major League Baseball producer. She's also spent several years reporting on the issues that matter most. After Fox Corp threatened to put Brianna on unpaid leave for not getting the COVID-19 jab, she left the corporate media world and made her way into independent journalism. Brianna's goal is simple. She aims to be a truth seeker and amplify her findings through her new podcast, The Brianna Morello Show. You can find her on our website, briannamorello.com, and on X at Brianna Morello. I'd like to welcome back my friend, Brianna. How are you? Hi, Tim. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Great to see you. You've got big news. You've, you've, uh, tell us about this uh, Freedom of Information Act lawsuit versus the, versus the Commonwealth of Virginia. 
Yeah. Well, so what's been happening lately is I've been filing a bunch of FOIA requests and the government sometimes likes to respond and sometimes they don't. This one specifically is regarding the Veterans Affairs Department and we requested uh, electronic communications through these individuals. What we were looking for is simple. A lot of J6ers, including someone you're familiar with, Jeremy Brown, saw either prior to their trials or even after their trials and when they were just convicted of misdemeanor offenses, not felonies, they saw a reduction in benefits. And it happened randomly, but it happens pretty much all of the J6ers I've spoken to directly. And so we ended up fighting for for all of them and getting them back the benefits because they were wrongfully taken away from them. But it kind of like had me asking questions. Why was this happening? And so I submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the VA and specifically asked them just for the electronic communications regarding all of these J6ers and their names being in, in emails or any type of communication. And uh, ultimately, what ended up happening is they asked me for more information. I provided them everything that they asked for. And then they went ghost and they didn't respond anymore. And so for us, that just means that they're trying to avoid handing over those documents. So we want to know what's in it. So we had to sue. And so as of last week, we filed a lawsuit against the Department of Veteran Affairs in Washington, D.C., and we will be taking them to court to get those documents that we are legally allowed to obtain. So they can't stop us. We will we will get to the bottom of these issues. And, you know, typically the government will, in a hissy fit, reduce pages and pages and pages of documents that are completely redacted. I mean, completely yeah. redacted. And, and the ones that aren't completely redacted are usually 95% redacted. Just to be, and we have over a billion doll uh documents that are deemed to be national secrets most of them aren't national secrets one of the things we found out this week is that a lot of classified documents are covering up actual crimes that our department of justice federal bureau of investigation and cia committed yeah yeah well that's why they don't want to hand over these documents you know the va is not the only agency that i've submitted these requests to i've also submitted requests to the fbi TSA and other agencies, and they don't respond. They want to see how far you're willing to take it. And so we'll sue all of them to get this information. And if they redact things that we deem should not be redacted, we'll still take them to court and keep challenging them for this because they can't continue to do this. The idea of FOIA is to create government transparency. And so we will create that government transparency, even if we have to force it on them. I mean, what's going on right now in our federal government is gut-wrenching. They have completely taken over and taken power that they weren't supposed to ever have. And they are surveilling Americans, surveilling political opponents for, you know, the Biden regime or Obama was going after Trump back in 2016, as we all obviously all know. They have all these well-documented, like you said, and they won't hand it over. We need to start getting aggressive. And I think that's why it's so important for all Americans to realize that you, too, can actually submit a FOIA request. And it's very inexpensive to do so. There's steps and tools that you could find online, and you could create government transparency. Now, let's say they dump a 1,000 documents on you in all these pages, uh, which they do often just to kind of water out the stuff that they don't want you to actually be able to see. They hope they could drown you out. I recommend everyone, if you do uh, submit a FOIA request and you do get something like that, post it online. It's all publicly available and ask people to kind of sift through it with you. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people would would help because they also believe in the same cause. So we need to create government transparency right now. We have a government that's gone completely rogue, and this is how you kind of wheel it in a little bit. 
Absolutely. And it's not just the J6ers that VA's gone after. Mm-hmm. Other information that came out this week was the curious timing between the administration deeming the modified RNA gene jab to be safe and effective and the Department of Defense mandate that soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marine, and Coasties take the jab. It was literally less than 24 hours. Yeah, there's no surprise in that either. I mean, we're seeing more and more coming out about it. They they knew what the risk was. You know, I, I'm thankful I live in the state of Florida and we have a Surgeon General here who is not afraid to speak out on these jabs. It's heartbreaking how many so many Americans went out there. They took these jabs and they didn't want to question the government. They thought their government had their best attention. And sadly, they've learned the hard way. The thing that was most concerning to me is the lack of uh they, they gave them this blanket immunity. So these pharmaceutical companies can't be sued for any type of injuries that you guys suffer from if after you've taken it. And I know there's people who are trying to poke holes in it, but it's a, it's pretty good what they gave these, these pharmaceutical companies. They gave them a really good deal. And it's hard. It's going to be hard for people to go after them. It's pretty good and it's hard. However, fraud vitiates everything. If you can prove fraud, and I think we can, at least against Pfizer, that is the way to pierce that immunity they've been given. It's going to be hard, but I think it's possible. You're listening to today's News Talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. Hi, everybody. So many crazy news stories going on right now. Now, the news. Go. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis faced scrutiny on the witness stand regarding her alleged ethical violations in the prosecution of former President Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants. The number of homes destroyed by bushfires on the edge of Victoria's Grampians National Park in Pominal has risen to 44, nearly half the town. Two Chinese fishermen drowned after their vessel capsized while being pursued by Taiwan's Coast Guard near the Kimmen Archipelago. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Brianna, you mentioned that a lot of people took the modified RNA gene jab because they thought that the government had their best interests at heart. We've learned since that the government really doesn't. Neither do the news media, the hypocrisy in the media, which stories they report, which they don't. This story about Alexei Anatolievich Navalny dying in a Russian prison is a big story. But how come they weren't talking about Francisco Lira? Yeah, that's a great question because it's so easy for us to point the finger over at Russia because they are deemed the big bad wolf. But Exactly. When Ukraine had a journalist, an American journalist in their custody, we did absolutely nothing to get him out. And that's the reality that we have to deal with as Americans now that we have an administration that does not care if a foreign government holds you hostage and takes you into their prison because they don't like what you have to say. And it would have been as simple as just calling and they would have released them because they need billions and billions of dollars from us. And so this was not difficult. But we see it here in our country. We have J6ers who are sitting in prison right now, solitary confinement, have had their rights violated left and right. 
And it's all because the Biden regime doesn't like what they had to say. And that's what's so heartbreaking about all of this. You know, uh, right, right now I have the Enrique Tario T-shirt on uh, that just shows our support for him because he's somebody who was sentenced to 22 years in prison for sending text messages. He wasn't even there on January 6th. And it goes on. I mean, you have Jeremy Brown, as you guys talk about all the time. There's so there's hundreds of these people who have had their rights completely violated and nobody calls it out. It's just besides you and I. And that's it. And it's heartbreaking. And some whose spirit was so broken, they ended up self-inflicting, which I think is the ultimate tragedy. It is. And it's it not is. just it's it's not just the people running Joe Biden. Barack Obama refused to pick up the phone for Sergeant Tamarisi after he mistakenly took the wrong shoot at the border and ended up going into Mexico instead of going where he wanted to go in El Paso. And he ends up in a Mexican prison and it took Donald Trump to get him out. Barack Obama wouldn't do a thing. Yeah, but there's no surprise in that. They don't they don't care about the American people. That's the saddest part in all of this. You, you know, and I know it's we shouldn't think this way, but when it comes to traveling right now, I mean, I don't I won't travel outside of the United States because I'm too fearful that if something were to happen, they would leave you there. And we see it happen all the time. We saw yeah. it in Afghanistan. We saw it repeatedly. They just leave Americans behind and they don't care. There's no there's no guilt in their minds and it doesn't really uh, fizzle out to their voters. They just don't. The corporate media kind of just puts a blanket over and pretends like it never happened and they hide it from them. So it's heartbreaking. Listen, I mean, I don't think Vladimir Putin's a good person, but I also don't see much of a difference in what we're doing in our country to our own people. And so I think it's pretty uh, disgraceful that we point the finger in one direction and we're too afraid to point it back in our own. Well, that was my hot take the day that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine two years ago. I came on air and I said, he's not a good guy, but he's not the bad guy here. You got to yeah, look in the yeah. mirror to see the bad guy. You know, America, look in the mirror to see the bad guy in Ukraine. We were covering up the bioweapons labs. We were covering up all the money laundering by the Democrat Party. We were covering up all the election interference from 2016 to 2020. We were covering up our own uh, nefarious deeds. And it's really sickening how the Republicans are working with the Democrats on this. Uh, we had a... Uh, chairman, a Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner from Ohio, create this massive story earlier this week about Russian space nukes. Yeah. And it turns out that he was working with the Biden administration on the whole story. So Joe coming out and expressing outrage that Representative Turner would have scared the American people like this. And it was all a put up job. And you can't help but wonder if it was on Mike's part to benefit Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which is in his congressional district. It's just disgusting. Yeah, they do it often. I mean, I know when that story broke, I didn't even cover it on my show because I knew what it was. It was a cover up to to cover over other things that were going on coming out about the Biden regime. And so, you know, we're in a good space right now where when something like that comes out, you could kind of decide whether or not you're going to cover it. The corporate media jumps right. on it. They Anything Russia, 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 they jump on it. And it's just such a false narrative. That's why I'm so glad that Tucker Carlson went and interviewed Putin because, yeah, I, I don't 100 uh, percent agree with Vladimir Putin, but I also want to ask questions and I want to get some answers from the source directly. And you don't have to believe it. It's just something that you could just take in, absorb and figure it out from there. But I mean, he doesn't hate the American people. He just doesn't like our government. And I think that's really telling in itself. And I think most people in this country could actually agree with that. Uh, no one is perfect. Our country definitely isn't perfect. And we do have a couple of black eyes and it's based off of corrupt politicians and they don't care about our reputation globally. 
Well, you know, I, I joke Russian has a, a paucity of verbs, so I call it Merga. It's make Russia great again. That's what Vladimir Putin's about. Did you see the subway? That yeah. subway station was magnificent. I've been in art museums in America that are uglier than that subway station. And then he goes to a supermarket and the groceries cost 25% what they expected them to cost. And, and then he trolls. This is why I love Tucker. I love Tucker for that cackle he's got, but also for how he trolls the left. He claimed that going shopping and seeing the prices radicalized him. And so now they're all, and they have no idea that they're being played for fools, do they? No, they don't, but they never really do. I think they don't realize that the American people don't trust them in any way at this point. I mean, you see it with their ratings. They Most of these shows can't even pull in a million viewers, which is disgraceful considering we have a, what over 360 million Americans living in this country. So they aren't even reaching 1% of the audience. And so I think it's funny and how off key they are when it comes to these types of issues. Uh, I think that it's interesting when watching Tucker go around Russia and kind of explore a little bit. It's enlightening, yes, but it also highlights the core problem. We heard we heard Biden today talking about potentially issuing sanctions against Russia and sanctions don't help. They don't do anything to, to stop what's going on. They've actually made Russia stronger. And I think that's a conversation that the corporate media should be having. Why are we in, why are we putting sanctions on Russia when all it does is it teaches them how to become more self-efficient and they don't need the rest of the world. They have the natural resources to continue on. And so no matter what we do, they'll figure out a way to go around it. They make their own cheese now. They don't rely on the Swiss anymore for it. They learned that. I remember seeing that in a video, their wine, they make their own wine mm -hmm. now. So they don't need the rest of us. And it's just based off of our sanctions and they don't realize we're, we're making Russia stronger instead of making them weaker with that. So there needs to be a new strategy implemented if you're really serious about this issue. You're absolutely correct. And not only are we not making them weaker, we're making them stronger, as you say, but we're pushing them into the arms of the Chinese. Look, there have been three magnificent foreign policy presidents in my lifetime, if you don't count John Kennedy, because I was only 18 months old when he, he was murdered by our CIA. We had Donald Trump bringing peace to the Middle East. The Abraham Accords worked to the point where the United Arab Emirates came out in support of Israel after October 7th, which was just a stunning story that, of course, you know, David Muir from Scanny Atlas here in central New York never reported. We had Ronald Reagan, who ended the Cold War. But Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon, in my mind, was assassinated. It was a bloodless assassination. It was a bloodless coup conducted by CIA, FBI, the mafia, a whole bunch of players, LBJ, because he was a magnificent president. He was incredibly smart, a lot smarter than these Eastern elites that think that they're smart just because their daddies got him into Harvard and Yale. And Nixon would have pragmatically said after the Soviet Union fell apart, let's embrace Russia. Let's bring Russia into Western Europe. Half of Russia's Europe, half is Asian. Let's engage the European half and bring them in as a critical partner. If you want them as a partner in NATO, great, but a critical partner in Western Europe. Engage them, but what did we do? We ticked them off. And I'm gonna use a sports analogy here. The Big East Conference was created in 1980, mostly by East Coast Catholic colleges that focused on basketball, not football. 
There were a couple exceptions. You had Boston College. You had Syracuse University, which isn't a Catholic school. But the conference was primarily a basketball conference, and it gave rise to ESPN. ESPN is ESPN because the Big East Basketball Conference. But when they added football, Penn State wanted in. And they arrogantly said, no, your basketball team's not good enough to be a member of this conference. So Penn State went to the Big Ten and has thrived. In the Big East, it's no more. Its teams are in a variety of conferences now, including the ACC, the MAC, et cetera, the Amer America Conference. We did the same thing with Russia that the Big East did to Penn State. We pushed them away when we should have brought them in. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk, TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The lunacy of the phony climate war continues to take victims the United States Constitution was smeared by a couple of people who, quite frankly, should have the book thrown at them and put in jail because of their belief that the climate is out of control and that they deserve clean air, water, food, and a livable climate. It is hard to believe, hard to fathom in any rational world how these people have been brainwashed like this. But what we have to do is get to the bottom of whoever is brainwashing them whoever is enabling them. And we all know who that is. We all know what this is all about. And it's just hard to believe that people put up with this. You know, unless you can define objectively the truth, if the truth is relative, this is what is going to happen. Here are the facts, folks. No matter what you think about CO2 or whatever, life has never been better on planet Earth and we have a population of ingrates grown out of the idea that they deserve something better than what they have, even though the fact is life has never been better on planet Earth, and they are definitely trying to cause a rebellion. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. Brianna, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Yesterday, we had Fannie's meltdown on the stand after she ran to the courtroom to, to testify and ended up slitting her own throat. Well, today, her father got on the stand and he did no better, did he? He didn't. Uh, it was bizarre. But I guess that's how Fannie Willis is, I guess, how she came, came about. Honestly, it was bizarre. So we're talking about the cash situation, which I think is probably the most critical part in all of this. Mm -hmm. So just to break it down in case your audience missed what happened yesterday, ultimately, Nathan Wade is claiming that the vacations that he booked for Fannie on his business credit card were reimbursed in cash payments by Fannie Willis. Now, he doesn't have any of the receipts to prove this, of course. You just have to take his word for it. But that's what he's telling you. And so because it does look like a funneling money situation that he's taking taxpayer dollars and using that to pay for Fannie Willis's vacations, 
this might be a scandal. And so Fannie Willis came out there yesterday and said, oh, it's because, you know, black people, we don't trust the banks. And so we store our money at home and we carry thousands of dollars and whatever it was. It was strange. It was bizarre. And then her father came in and testified today and echoed those same concerns and said, you know, based on my skin color, uh, I've had issues. And so I always have to keep a stack of money in my house, which is fine. Because I think most Americans understand and keep money in their home. But if that was true and it was just a race-based thing, I think you'd see more Black Americans getting robbed in their house because more people would who wanted to you know, rob people would know, hey, listen, if you see a Black American, chances are they have more money in their homes than the whites. And it would be a massive difference. So I think it was a bunch of garbage. I think they know exactly what they're saying when they say that. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're going to continue to make up those lies, but there should be receipts involved. You know, for taxing purposes, you would have to prove that you had this cash. And then there should also be withdrawal receipts, right? She's paid by a paycheck. So she'd have to go to the ATM somehow and withdraw that cash. There will be a paper trail. Just how far are they willing to push it in Fulton County? And I hope they take it all the way, but we just never know because Fulton County is stacked with corruption. It is stacked with corruption, but I don't know that the issue is going to be decided by Fulton County. Maybe it'll be decided by the IRS, certainly not under Joe Biden, but perhaps the next administration's IRS. And I think there's actually a bigger issue than the cash. I think it's the lying about when the relationship started because this entire prosecution is tainted. Yeah, it is. It is. They were going back and forth with the days. So uh, the prosecutor, well, sorry, the uh, attorneys for Mike Roman were saying that the, they believe the relationship started back in 2019. But Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis said it that was not the case, that it actually started after she handed over the case to Nathan Wade. But it's confusing because they won't really glue you down to any proof of any of this. Her own father well, said and then that he had no idea. That the yeah, and then there's the happen. direct evidence of her former friend and employee, and Fanny's the mm -hmm. one that emphasized former friend, is saying, no, she saw them together romantically in 2019. So, look, this looks this is exactly what it looks like. A couple of people thought they could get away with ripping off the taxpayers for $650,000, and they took their shot. I think they're going to find out it wasn't worth it. I hope so. I hope so. Mike Roman's attorney seems like a shark. And it's funny, too, because yesterday she openly admitted she's a Democrat. She's not a Trump supporter. But she also admitted prior to questioning Nathan Wade that the two of them were friends prior to all of this and that she uh, even held fundraisers for him when he was running for office. So there's a lot of friendships being burnt by this case. So it's it's interesting. Things are heating up in Fulton County for sure. Well, heating up, certainly in that courtroom, Nathan Wade was he was looking for his sweat rag because he downed six bottles by my count of water and he didn't ask for a single bathroom break. He was sweating it all out. He was he was definitely on the hot seat yesterday. Yeah, it's interesting because they're attorneys and they just didn't know how to act in the stand, which is so weird. I mean, I guess this is why they tell you never to represent yourself, always to go with legal counsel yeah. because you, you're very emotionally invested. But the both of them, they just were not well prepared. Nathan Wade even had to sit there and think for, I think, 15 seconds on whether or not he took a cabin, rented a cabin with Fanny. I mean, how many women have you been with where you have to sit here and question which one was in the cabin and which one wasn't? It was just, it was bizarre. I rent cabins and all the time. Which cabin are you talking about? I rent cabins all the time, he says. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very bizarre. I mean, if you, and he was married for a long period of time and he's claiming that it's just been Fanny since then. So why do you have to think about it? He's not an older right. man too. So he's a, he's a very young man. So there's no real excuse for this. So uh, I don't know. Things are getting kind of strange. 
And here's the thing that surprised me the most. Here we had two lawyers testifying and not once did we hear, I have no present recollection. I cannot recall at this time. Yeah. That's all they had to yeah. say. That's all they had to say. But no, they arrogantly, and Brianna, I say this all the time, their hubris will be their undoing. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Well, we're going to see. I mean, there's a lot of potential criminal matters that could arise to this. We've been trying to contact, though, for those of you who don't know, in Georgia, they have a uh, Republican governor and a Republican AG. Chris Carr is their attorney general, and Brian Kemp is their governor. And well, when I reach out, they don't want to respond, and they don't want to respond to Georgians either. I've had several Georgians who are watching our show. We tell them to call all the time. We give them the phone number. And you know, Brian Kemp's office thanks them for their phone call, but says that he has no comment as to what he wants to do with any of this as of right now. And it's been going on for weeks. So there's no reason why Brian Kemp shouldn't have his mind already made up or have a statement prepared. So if right. you live in Georgia, you definitely should be giving them a call. Well, it's been going on for years. He won't give Marjorie Taylor Greene the time of day and she's a congressman from Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. They just he's he's beyond corrupt. We know that we know that there was election fraud in Georgia, but they don't want us talking about it. And that's what this all comes down to. Exactly. And now we've got the uh Crypt Keepers stunt double up in Manhattan in the Soviet style verdict first trial later uh, verdict that came down today. Trump has to pay hundreds of millions of dollars and can't be involved in his businesses. But that's not going to stand, is it? I hope it doesn't, because you know what? If it does stand as a business owner, you have to leave New York and you have to leave New York now because if the government wants to come after you, they will and they will squash you. And so to save your business, you have to leave New York. You cannot you cannot be there. And then it also creates fear of any kind of conservative business owners to conduct business in New York as well. So keep all of that in mind. But we had a judge who let his partisanship be known from the very beginning by quoting Mar-a-Lago at $18 million as, as his estimate for it, right. when there's literally not a plot of land or a cesspool that you could purchase for $18 million in that region. So it's it's laughable, but also it's not. So he just said, ah, I'm not even going to ask an expert. I'm the expert. And then he gave it for $18 million. So that was laughable. But then he went on. And as you guys probably recall, when the cameras came rolling in, he was camera ready and was smiling and thought this was a great day for him. But they're all liberal hacks over there in New York. And, and they're going to keep going after the president. Tish James met with the White House. And we have that proof. We have the records. Mm -hmm. This is just another angle that they came at President Donald Trump with, and it's upsetting, but he's going to have to push back and fight it. Listen, they cannot sit there and fine him $360 million or whatever it is, and then his son's $4 million each, and then say, you can't do business here for three years. That's not how it works in America. And I think we need to keep pushing back and we need to keep helping the president as he fights back, because this is all well-orchestrated attempt to knock him off the ballot in 2024. Well, of course, we all know that's what it is. Even the Democrats admit that that's what this is. And it wasn't just uh, Letitia James that met with with Biden. I almost called him O Biden. There's a Freudian slip for yes. you. Uh, <laughs> Fannie Willis met with him. Everybody met with him. And yeah. I want to talk a little bit, though, about Judge Engeron, because last night I was talking with uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf, yeah. and we were talking about the Russian subway that we had discussed earlier. And, and she asked me what I thought the difference was and I said, respect, self-respect. Russians respect themselves. They're proud of being Russians. They're proud of being Muscovites. They're proud of that subway station because that's just one of many subway stations. Yeah, We have, we have no self-respect as a country anymore. I see young guys in mass wearing, you know, stained culottes that passes basketball shorts now. That's a trend I wish 
stopped 30 years ago <laughs> that they'd slept in for the last two nights. And, and the response will be, oh, but at least they're in church. No, that's the Lord's house. Pre represent yourself the way you should. Represent yourself the way you would before the Lord, because that's, where, that's who you're before. We've lost self-respect. Things used to be beautiful in America. Sure, we had trash and urban blight and, and rats and garbage cans and things, but we used to wear our Sunday best to get on an airplane. Have you been on an airplane lately? I, I was appalled two weeks ago when I flew down to Miami and back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. You know, it's so funny too. This is a story that happened earlier this week. So we're, we allow Americans to protest by burning the American flag and there's no criminal consequences for that. Now here where I live in Florida, there was an individual, 19 year old who decided to do a burnout on the rainbow flag, the mural that they painted in the middle of one of the streets that I live in in the city. And it's just, there was no reason for it in the beginning at all. Like there was no reason to have this there, but they did it anyway. And if it's, it's obnoxious, it's also very glossy. And so when everyone drives over, you hit, you hear your tire marks, but he did a burnout and so left a mark. And that really ticked off the lefties here in our community. That individual was is being prosecuted right now and he's charged with a felony, a felony. Uh, so we have a two-tier system where we will defend the rainbow flag till we're blue in the face, but our own flag, we will watch it get burnt by terrorists and we'll pretend like, oh, this is just, this is a part of their constitutional rights and they could do this. Here. They can't do this here in the United States. But again, they pick their battles. They choose to fight the battles over their flag, not America's flag. And that's what's so disturbing about all of this. And we're seeing it all across the country. Well, it is. I mean, we have a Chi-Com mayor in Boston that flew the Chinese flag not only above the American flag, but preferentially to the American flag. She didn't fly the American flag the day that she flew the Chinese communist flag. And that created an uproar. But were there consequences for her? No, because there are never consequences for these people. And that's a real problem. I always say that stupid needs to hurt more, right? People have to learn from their mistakes. But corruption needs consequences. We, we've got to get back to consequences, Brianna. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to start practicing on the other side lawfare. We see the left do it all the time, and they're masters at it. You know, oh, yeah. with the civil lawsuits, criminal lawsuits. Yeah, I mean, we we need to we need to get our hands dirty. Problem is, the Republicans want to play nice all the time. You know, here in Florida, we have the most J six defendants, and I'm trying to get our governor and our AG involved in this so that they could start doing investigations and going after the Biden administration. But they just say, oh, well, we don't really have any legal right to do so. And they just toss up their hands. No, your people are being targeted by the Biden regime. You defend your people. And, and then you worry about everything else afterwards. The left doesn't do that. The left will get its hands dirty. They'll get shot down by a judge. And that's it. And they're OK with that. Lawfare is yeah. the key to all of this. It is. And that's my biggest complaint against Ron DeSantis. I was down in Orlando for CPAC 2021. And Ron was up on stage crowing about how Florida was open for business and there are no mask mandates in, in Florida and blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, not 50 feet from him, there's a mask Nazi out in the hallway of the hotel making people put masks on. And so I went and got my, uh, I, I put on the mask that I had custom made for myself. Uh, a friend of mine made this, right? And, and this got it. some play in the Orlando Sun Sentinel and whatnot because I was mocking them uh, mm. in their requirement. And, and Ron... Ron, a friend of mine, has known Ron since he was 12 years old. My friend's son played on the Little League World Series team that won the Little League World Series championship with Ron. He, he serves on a couple of Ron's board, veterans boards. And I said, would you please get the governor a message to put a statewide moratorium on mask bans at the least? 
And so he went and the, what he brought back to me, the governor doesn't think he has the power. I hit the roof. I said, who yeah. cares if he has the power? Make a judge rule that he doesn't have the power. And of course, as it turned out, he did have the power because he did exactly in December what I was recommending that he do in February. Yeah. They don't well, want to fight. Yeah. Well, we see that all the time. I mean, listen, I've been trying to get their attention about several cases and they just say, oh, we don't have the power. The left doesn't do that. The left will force the right yep. to take them to court to challenge them. They'll keep appealing. They'll keep fighting it. And that's different. That's why our country is on a rapid decline, because their policies are decaying our country. And we do have our policies that we support. They are the policies that have made the country the way they are. But we're not willing to fight for them. And that's the difference. Well, and I think that's, that's why we're thing. in a really bad situation. But you know, Brianna, they're more than willing to put out a red meat fundraising email over their feigned outrage over how they lost the last fight that they never even waged. Do you know who the Marquis of Queensbury was? No. He was the one that codified boxing rules in England. Okay. You know, the old put up your Duke style of, of fighting. And I always say that the, the weak kneed, lily livered, spineless jellyfish milk toast republicocks play by self-imposed marquee queensbury rules when they're in a street fight with guys with chains and baseball bats wrapped with barbed wire that's the political reality of the republican versus democrat party today and it's got to stop that's why we love donald trump he fights and he fights for yeah. us yeah yeah but that's why they don't want him back in the white house they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that doesn't happen in november that's what i'm so fearful of so well i am too i pray for his safety every day because i really think they're going to try to mlk him it's sad it's 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 likely i mean especially if the ruling six that uh the president after he leaves the white house doesn't have presidential immunity they're going to have to fight like heck to keep their power because they're not going to want to step out because you know that they're going to be prosecuted next and i think that's something americans should be really scared about well, and hence the invasion of our southern border. This is about creating a permanent Democrat ruling majority. These people are totalitarians, Brianna. They don't want democracy. They want dictatorship. Yeah, they, they do. And it's also funny, as you mentioned earlier, the fundraising emails. Uh, the House Republicans are loving the idea that they impeach Mayorkas and they did so, and they're they're going to start pumping it, their trust out, pretend like they did something, but the Senate likely will not impeach him. I, I just think it's laughable only because Mayorkas himself has said it. You get rid of me, you don't know who the guy is coming after me. He's going to be 10 times worse, and you're going to hate him. And so I didn't understand why it was a priority. Also, Mayorkas is not the actual core of the issue. He's just no. the face of the issue. And sure. so, again, it was just something that would say, we did it, we accomplished something. But it really long-term doesn't help America, and that's the issue I have with it. It's a, it's a pretend like we did something situation, and that's the part that I found disturbing. That's exactly right. I mean, it's a symbolic gesture. Symbols are important, but this was nothing substantive whatsoever. I want to wrap up by, you know, you're a good girl. You're a modest young woman. How much glee are you taking over leftist heads exploding over Dignify, the, the Twitter movement to clothe and de-tattoo and de-pierce uh, some of these people that don't exactly represent themselves with self-respect online? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think they're, they're they've taken a great approach. I think we need to um, we need to we need to get to like the center of all of this. I just I the, Twitter can be a cesspool sometimes, <laughs> and so I'm happy if we could clean it up a bit. Well, exactly, and you know nobody likes the the Twitter porn. I think that's just absolutely appalling, uh, taking someone's face and making a porn star out of them. But I find it odd how they're even more upset over putting clothes on women who are presenting themselves 
as porn stars. Brianna, thank you yes. so much. That's it for tonight's Reckoning. Stay tuned on TNT for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs>